What is up, everybody? Welcome into this Tuesday episode of Flippin' Bets, the first of two episodes today. We got a lot of good stuff to talk about. Three teams that really need to do something at the trade deadline. We'll talk about that. We're going to give honesty hour. We're going to hop in the trust tree. And it's honesty hour time again, as well as Twitter questions, fan questions, X questions. I don't even know what we're calling them anymore, but we have those as well. This one's going to be a blast. Let's get to it. Fly ball onto the track at the wall. It's gone. Home run. Turns on a ball. Deep right field. And what a game. What a moment. Happy trade deadline day, everybody. This is the first of two episodes today. We will be doing a live show that starts 15 minutes ahead of the exact time the trade deadline hits, which is 2.45 Pacific, 5.45 Eastern time. And uh, yeah, this is the first of two. We were recording this week, by the way, this Tuesday episode, Sunday night. So full disclosure. If we missed anything on Monday, we have a full live trade deadline show. We're going to be talking every single thing you could possibly imagine on that show later in the day on Tuesday. Alex, this is, this is going to be a crazy, this is going to be a crazy 24 hours, 12 more hours. It is. It's already kind of been, it was a crazy weekend, right? Now there's a couple names still kind of floating around and we're curious today at the deadline our teams that we weren't sure if they're going to be sellers all of a sudden right at the deadline become sellers. I think there's a few teams that have switched course in the middle of, you know, in the last the week, Cubs? I think the, the Cubs we're definitely switched course. Yeah. I think the Mets were very 50, 50. I think the Padres were 50, 50 and both of those teams ended up going in different directions. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. Eh, we'll see. Well, the, we could Padres could switch. They could switch they, again. They could, they could switch again. They could switch up until the last minute while they're in Colorado. But the Cubs are a great example. A team that had they not gone on an eight game winning streak, surely looked like they were going to sell, but guess what they did. Now they're, not sellers any longer. And angels were kind of on that same path too. It was like after they swept the Yankees, that's when their mindset kind of changed and they came out and they said, Nope, we're taking Otani off the trade market. And uh, yeah, we're going to be buyers now. Yeah. So it's uh, it'll all as, as it always does every single year. So the trade deadline is six o'clock Eastern. So our show starts right before that. And every single year, that's just the last possible second that a deal can be struck. We might not hear about it for Mm -hmm. 5, 10, 15 minutes after the deadline. And it happens every year. So I'm sure we're going to get something even, I'm sure we'll get a few things while we're live on air. down to the wire. Okay, so to kind of hold us over until our live show this afternoon, let's start this show with three teams that we should really watch, really keep an eye on as this trade deadline nears. And we're going to go through each of these teams. I want you to tell me, what they need, what they should do, what you think they're going to do. All right. Okay. Let's get started with the first team, the Orioles. I The Baltimore Orioles, to me, a team that I had Ken Rosenthal on last week on Wednesday, all trade deadline stuff. And they were a team that I asked about because they're ready to win. I mean, I, they're first in the AL East. They're winning. They're dominating the right East. now. And I think if you were to ask people at the beginning of the year, Where are the O's going to finish up in the division? 
I think people would have told you, you know what? The Orioles were really good to end last year, and I think they can continue to be good this year. I think they could finish in third place in the AL East. I think that's probably what most people would have told you. And now here they are at the end of July, very end of July, and guess what? They're in first place in the AL East come August. So the Orioles need help, though. You know, like they've done all of this while just building from within and having and having Adley come up and Grayson Rodriguez and Colton Kowser and all of these names have come together to, to be a first place team, but they don't have the pitching that they need to have. No matter. I, I don't think they could do enough at the trade deadline. So for me, watch out for the Orioles. They need pitching. And if they get pitching, yeah. if they are able to get, look, it's the trade deadline. Who knows who really knows what's out there? You know, like who knew Max Scherzer was going to be on the move, but turns out he is. So we don't know, but the Orioles need to do something and they need to do something that there's, there's not enough they can do ahead of this deadline where they can add pitching wise, because that's what makes them a world series potential winner is adding pitching. So question, if they don't make a big move at the trade deadline, can they maintain this first place spot in the AL East and possibly make a far push into the postseason? I think the first answer is yes. And I think the second answer is no. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's, it's August and we've seen them with the pitching that they have be in first place in the AL East. And not just that, the Rays were historically good yeah, and they s- stayed close enough that whole time while the entire world was talking about how good the Rays are. Yep. The Orioles just stayed right Sneaky. there. Just stayed right there just under the radar up and then jumped them. And then next thing you know, well, not next thing, you know, the Rays yeah. played 500 baseball for two months, Ugh. but next thing you, the, the Orioles take that first place spot. So I absolutely think they can win the division. They can win the division with the current team they have. I, I don't believe that they can do a lot of damage in the playoffs with the pitching rotation that they do have. I like their bullpen a lot. Mm -hmm. I do. I don't think they can do the damage they need to in the playoffs with the rotation they have. All right. Well, let's move from the top of the AL East to the bottom of the AL East and talk about the Yankees. They just got Aaron judge back, but they are two completely different teams with Aaron judge. And without Aaron Judge, the Yankees with Aaron Judge are playing 600 baseball. Without them, they're under 500 baseball. So what do they need to do now? Well, you know who the Yankees are even with Aaron Judge. They're a team that's not good enough to win the American League. It's the same offense that got swept by the Astros last year. They need to add a bat, a big bat. They need, Mm -hmm. you know, I think Cody Bellinger would have been the perfect piece. But guess what? He's gone. Off the market. See ya. So what else is out there? Well, that's their job to figure that out and not my job, but I'll tell you what they need and they need offense. You know, I think Carlos Rodon turned a corner in his last start. Uh, I think he's, I, I think it was a bit overblown. His first couple of starts, we see it. He missed the entire year. I mean, look at the year Justin's having now after missing the first month, like give the guy some time to come back and be good. And be great. I like Carlos Rodon a lot. And it looks like he's starting to round out into form a little bit. He was throwing hard the other night. Uh, off-speed stuff looked good. So I I love what they added to the rotation. Now you have Garrett and Carlos Rodon at the top of that rotation. But they, I'm telling you, they need another bat. Like Aaron Judge comes back, yes. And he immediately produces for yeah. them. He's been great since he comes back, but also a question is I he's not going to play every day for how long? I don't know, but Sunday so you night. need like an outfielder bat. 
Sun, right. Sunday yeah. night, he didn't play. Like They're going to have to work him back a little bit. But even Aaron Judge aside, this offense isn't good enough. Mm-mm. They're just not. You have Giancarlo Stanton hitting under 200 on the year. Under 200. That's crazy. You have That's Anthony bad. Rizzo underperforming. DJ LeMahieu underperforming. You have underperformance everywhere you look in the offense. I think adding a bat not only helps the Yankees offensive production, it just, it's a big shot in the arm for the team of like, mm-hmm. Hey, this is the push we need. This is the bat we needed. And now we can go and, and now we believe that we're a different team that's capable of competing with everybody in the playoffs. And as of right now, I just don't think their offense, I, th- I, I think they can get into the playoffs. Okay. I do. And I think they can do damage in the playoffs, but with the, with the New York Yankees, I don't think the conversation is ever can they win a couple games in the playoffs or what the front office and, and management told us after the year last year? Well, Hey, we were four games away from the world series. Yeah. You got swept in those four. Exactly. Games. I don't count. think, I don't think any Yankees fan is okay with that. And I think they need, they need a bat, but everyone that they have to jump to even get into a wild card spot are within their division. Like that's who, who's ahead of them in this wild card yeah. hunt right now. So they could probably jump Boston, but Boston's not quite in yet. It's Toronto, Houston, and Tampa Bay in the wild card spots right now. And then Baltimore is playing great. And and that's who's top of the AL East right now. I'm telling you, it's a I, really tough, di- it's a tough division. I, they have quite the lead right now because of how they started the season. If I'm the Rays, if yeah. I'm Rays fans, I'm a little worried. You can't play 500 ball the rest of the year. No. You can't do it. And they've been doing it for over two months now. Mm, so you think that's who they can take over? I think they're, I think they're better than the Red Sox. Okay. Um, the, you mentioned that all the teams are, a lot of them are within the, within division. the division. That's a positive in my opinion, because you're going to play the, you know, so you're going to end up a, playing then, them a lot more and then just kind of in take care of your own yeah. business and you'll get into the playoffs. You control your own destiny. Uh, but I, you know, I, I love the, I love the Jays. I predicted them to, to win, win the, the Dailies. They're yeah. playing well. Uh, I love the Orioles. I, I like the. I mean, the Rays, the Rays are a question mark right now, but they have yeah. that big lead because of how good they were. Yeah. Well, the other team that's ahead of them is the next team that we're talking about. So let's move on to the reigning champions, the Astros. I mean, they just got Jose Altuve and Jordan Alvarez back, which feels like a big trade yeah. right around this time anyway to kind of get that movement. But who do you want to see them go after? I think they need to add a starting pitcher. And we talked about it yesterday and the GM spoke on Sunday about how they're not really in the market for a starting pitcher, which is in my opinion, the wrong choice. And not that they're not going to acquire one. He said, if the right thing comes along, yes. But as of now, they're looking to add bullpen help. I don't think that's the right move. I really don't. I, if I'm, if I'm the Astros and you know, I've followed them very closely for the last five years. When was 2017? How many? Six years? Is that right? Good God. Math? Are you doing math? That's just... 16? I, I feel like Justin just got 18, traded 19, to the Astros 20, and it's been 21, six 22. years. 22. Yeah. Four and 23. 20, right? So seven years ago? What I year never know. It? I never know how to count. It is... It is... It is 23. I never know how to count six years. the baseball seasons. I'm like... Six years. Do you go to the next one? Do you That's count that crazy. one? That's crazy. And yeah. for those six years where I followed the Astros closely... They're a team that at the trade deadline, it's like, okay, what, what do they really need to add? Maybe a bullpen arm. And then next thing you know, it's like the Astros have acquired Zach Granke, a, yeah. a big starting pitcher arm. 
And this is the first year where the new GM is in charge of what they do. Oh, I forgot it's the new GM. And he's out there saying, we're not really looking to add a starting pitcher. Maybe that's to kind of throw people off because your brother's name was in the mix. That was kind of the rumor that was floating around this weekend. Uh, Oh, you don't say. I mean, I even reached out to you. I was like, so is it happening? We'll see. Uh, We'll see. I mean, what what Dana Brown said, GM, was that... They don't want to jeopardize, like they've obviously got this system going, right? And it's been producing year in and year out. And they don't want to jeopardize that by adding a pitcher now and getting rid of the future. But I I just think they need a starter. Mm -hmm. Just one. Get a starting pitcher. To who? Well, Stroman's off the, if Bellinger's off the market, Stroman's off the market. And who's out there becomes the next great question. And Alex. A lot of them are going. Yeah. A lot of them have gone. That's Dana Brown's job to figure out. Yeah. Figure out who's out there. I I don't know. We're seeing pitchers go like hotcakes right now, though. And they didn't go after anyone. Jordan Montgomery, Lance Lynn, uh, you know, Lucas Giolito, Mm -hmm. Max Scherzer. These names are flying off the board. Next thing you know, the Cubs go on an eight-game win streak. That big name that the Astros were being talked about was Marcus Stroman. Well, now guess what? The the Cubs have played themselves into a position to go for it. So there now he's off the, off the possibility. So I don't know who's out there. They got to figure that out. And, uh, that to me, they're a big team to watch because if the Astros can go get a two or three guy in the rotation, as in not two or three guys, as in a top two or three guy in the rotation that you can turn to in a playoff series to start games. I believe they're a world series team again. As of right now, I think they need a starter. Yeah, I mean, they're one game behind Texas right now, but Texas has been so aggressive to go out and get what they needed. And they went out and they got big arms. Right. The glaring issue for the Rangers was pitching yeah. all around, all around. And they've gone and added bullpen and yep. added multiple starters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're going to sit back if you're the Astros. And, you know, I know you believe in your team as you should, and they're a playoff team. And, but, we're now looking at, let's say we get a potential Rangers-Astros matchup in the playoffs, which would be a dream. That tension that we saw in the last yep. series. Benches God, clearing. That would be a spicy. great series. It was great. But we're sitting back now watching that Rangers team get better and better and better. And the Astros, yes, as you mentioned, getting mm-hmm. Jordan and Altuve back. They're Kinda certainly felt better. felt like they got a big boost around the right. time that other teams are getting a boost. I just, I feel like they need an arm. So yeah. watch, watch to All see right. what they do. That's why they're one of these things. All right. It's time to get in the trust tree. It's honesty hour. What are we talking about today? I'm excited about this one. Okay. This is a good one. This is a positive one. And this is a great thing for the game of baseball. Let's hop on in Alex and talk about major league baseball attendance. You heard it right. Major League Baseball is having a moment right now. An absolute moment. Yes, they are. And everybody over the last five, ten years that says, oh, baseball, it's declining, it's downhill, look at the demographic. Well, you can kick rocks, my friends, because baseball is seeing almost a 10% increase in attendance this year, which is absolutely remarkable. And that would be the biggest increase in attendance Since 1998, when the old Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa home run chase was going on with them roided out of their Mm -hmm. absolute minds. Yeah. And now we're getting it for other reasons. But again, the biggest jump in well over 20 years now. And it's just, 
I've thought a lot about why. Okay. Because I think that's the obvious question here is, well, why are we seeing this gigantic increase in attendance? One, I think there's a lot of smaller market teams that are having a lot of success this year. Yep. And I think that works out well for attendance because, well, guess what? Those teams, fans, are going to flock to the stadium. Reds, Orioles, Diamondbacks, they want to see their team do well. And then you have the bigger markets that are always going to draw, right? The New York, the, the New York Yankees, they're yep. always going to draw well. And you have the, the Dodgers, they're always going to draw well. And, Angels and, those are teams- and Otani also yeah. always draw. Well, they've, they're yeah. way more up this year than usual, which leads to point number two. I think people are now realizing that we are seeing the greatest baseball player to ever play. Yeah. And I think they're going out to watch him. And there's no better example than in Toronto this past weekend when the Angels went to play there. And I was doing a radio show in Toronto the other day, and they were talking about it and asking me about Shohei and said, you know, to get into a game, tickets are around baseball. It's pretty cheap. If you, if you want to go and sit in the upper deck, it's you can get a ticket for pretty cheap. They said the cheapest get in the door price for the first game of that series to see Shohei Otani was $200 in the nosebleeds. That it is sold amazing. Out every, and they That's were amazing. cheering. He hit his home. They were cheering yeah. him on. That's what people are doing. You, you go to That's root great. for your team and you're wanting to see Shohei Otani. And that's, I, I really do think that's a big reason for the increase in attendance. Number three being the biggest, in my opinion, the new rules. Yep. Rob Manfred deserves a ton of credit. You know, it's, it's, it's the popular thing. It's the cool thing to do to, to talk about Rob Manfred and the things that he's done that everybody disagrees with him and major league baseball deserve a ton of credit for what they did with these rule changes and for what it has done to the game of baseball, to attendance, Mm -hmm. to the experience once you're in stands. Because it's not just quicker games. It's more action-packed games in shorter amount of time. You have to be paying attention to every single moment now when you're at a game because it goes... Just the pace of the game goes so much faster now with the pitch clock that the mo- if you look away for a moment, you might miss a hit, you might miss a pitch, you might miss a play that's happening. And you can tell that people are more engaged. We went When we went to the Dodger game a couple months ago, everybody is engaged yeah. and watching and seeing what's happening next. I also think another rule this year that really helped was now that teams play every single team. So now if you're a fan of another team that you don't normally get to see, they come to your city, you're going to get to see your favorite team. That's going to bring attendance up too. Because if you're in a city and you never get to see your favorite team come to town, you're not going to go to the stadium. But now when your favorite team's coming to town at least once a year, you're going to go to the game. Yep, absolutely. Another great reason. I think there's a ton of good reasons. And I do think there is a ton of credit deserved to Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball for these rule changes. Over the weekend, Saturday's average crowd around the league was 38,858, which is MLB's biggest Saturday in 10 years. Wow. In a decade. Compared to this time last year, there's already over 4 million more fans that have gone to games. You know what else we have, though? We have young, exciting players showing emotion, yep. showing excitement, having fun with the game. Because 10 years ago, we weren't having that. You'd get in trouble for a bat flip. 
You get in trouble for show and excitement and flair. Now it's accepted. Now it's celebrated. And now we not only have, as you mentioned, Shohei Otani, the greatest player we've had in our generation, but now we're having these younger rookie yep. phenoms that are having fun and bringing that energy into the game as well. So while we're, we're still in the trust tree, okay. I'm going to bring out a few numbers because when I went up, when we went up to the all-star game, I spoke to one of the MLB officials and he talked about the show flipping bats and asked if he could send over a bunch of attendance numbers this year. Okay. They're very proud of them. Yeah. And he did. Okay. And there, I narrowed them down to the most impressive in my opinion. And Let's this go. is, Let's hear it. it's, it's pretty alarming in a okay. good way of how, how crazy this has been. There was a four, uh, we had four weekends in a row of over 1.5 million fans, which is the first time since 2017 that that's happened. Two consecutive weekends of at least 35,000 average attendance, first time since 2015. And a Saturday's attendance of 589,000 was the highest pre-All-Star game Saturday since 2013. Okay. Also, he passed, this is all really good stuff. Passed along the digital entertainment side of things. Okay. MLB TV has recorded more than 7.3 billion minutes watched this year, up 9% from last year's record pace. Log total new logged users up 26%. 2023 opening day featured the largest MLB TV audience for a game in the service's history. And this is my favorite part. Age demographic. In a recent survey conducted by Major League Baseball, 86% of people ages 18 to 24 and 25 to 34 said they are more likely to watch MLB games due to the rule changes. 87% of 25 to 34-year-olds said they are more likely to attend games. The median age of ticket buyers this season is six years younger than in 2019. And younger fans are watching more games on NLB TV than ever before. The average age of 35 is up 14% from where it was before. It's games getting younger. It's getting more exciting. It's getting younger on the field. Mm -hmm. Younger fans are coming back to baseball. More fans are gravitating to baseball. And this the attendance is, is rising. This is why having fun in the moment, showing emotion matters. Yeah. It matters. It's a game. It's fun. Like the whole reason you fell in love with baseball is because you were having a blast. Why shouldn't we be able to do that at the highest level? Yeah. That's what it should be. And, they and are it's now. celebrated. And look what's happening now. And Everything's the, up. And the players are the players are marketing it. Yeah. They're marketing themselves. Social media. God, God knows. Yeah. Shohei was terrible on social media before this year. As in he just wasn't he one, he didn't have it like two years ago. Then he finally got it, never posted. Now every single time the Angels win, yeah. he posts. He shares. It's great. Yeah. And I, and I'd love to see a little more like personality behind the scenes, but that's going to well, take him a little more Shohei time is on a minimal scale of this conversation because yeah. I'm more so talking about the Julio Rodriguez's yeah. of the world, the Aaron judges, the Adley Rutschman's that yeah. are all fantastic sharing things on social media and the excitement of the game. And then that creates a following and kids that want to yeah. be those guys. And that's how the game evolves and builds over time. So trust tree honesty hour today. Shout out to Major League Baseball. The attendance is on the rise. And to everybody that doesn't like baseball and was talking about the demise, you can kick rocks because we're going in an upwards <laughs> direction, my friends. That was a good honesty hour. That was good. That All was right. strong. That was passionate. 
All right, it's time for Would You Rather after this quick break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, producer Taylor is now out here for the segment that he created. So, Taylor, why don't you why don't you tell us how this works? Got it. So, well, for you folk at home, it's going to be a player comparison. Player A, player B. Going to give you some stats, some awards blindly. You're going to pick who it is. After that, we'll have a conversation. No wrong answers, but, uh, for I have the, a minute to figure it out now. Yeah. To give me an answer. Cause we can't be sitting here all yeah, day. They got mad at me. So now yeah, I yeah. have 60 seconds to give my answer and, uh, then we'll have a discussion about it. Yeah. For the audio folk, we'll give you some stats for the visual folk. You'll have a whole list of stats, but, uh, are you ready? Yes. All right. So the first iteration of this, it's going to be outfielders. Okay. All right. So player a 318 batting average, mm. 207 home runs. Player B, 265 batting average, 398 home runs. And then for on the award side, player A, zero MVPs. Player B, two MVPs. Mm. Ben, who you got? Uh, okay, so what jumps out first here is, okay, so player A with the much higher career batting average, much lower home run total, was a 10-time All-Star. Though they didn't win, he did not win an MVP. No. Player B, however, lower career batting average, two less than 400 homers, and seven all-star games with the two MVPs. Stolen bases, pretty close. Stolen bases, close. Gold gloves, both have a lot of gold gloves. Silver sluggers, pretty close. Player A won two World Series. Player B did not. Yeah, so it really just comes down to what you deem to be important here because obviously the average for player A is a lot higher, but player B has more home runs. Do the world series matter more? Do the MVPs matter more? I mean, if I'm running a team, obviously if you were to tell me this guy wins two world series, then I'd take him. But from this game, I have five seconds. I'm going to take player B two MVPs, a lot of homers, love homers, player B. All right, let's reveal. So player a Kirby Puckett, player B Dale Murphy. I know we know. You're a big Braves guy. I feel good about picking Dale Murphy. So this is a uh, a lot of people, if you don't know, Dale Murphy, probably one of the best players not to be in the Hall of Fame. It's a big debate. A lot of people feel he should be in. But if you look at the numbers, Curry Puckett is in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Fair. So to me, I guess the question is, do you feel that Curry Puckett's titles helped him get in? Like, and also what do you think, what, what's the reason for you that you think Dale Murphy is not in? So I think when it comes to the voters who, I don't know if you've heard, they're yeah. the ones that vote you in or not. Yeah. That's I really think they see that 318 batting average, career batting average and immediately check a box. Kirby can swing it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. He's a great, a great, he's a great hitter. And I'm not going to try and talk out of the fact that Kirby should be out of the hall of fame. I'm going to talk about the fact that Dale Murphy should be in the hall of fame. And I think the only reason he's not is because his career batting average is 265. But 
we're talking two MVPs. We're talking a gold Glover five or six time yeah. gold Glover. We're talking almost 400 homers. I think the only reason he's not in is his batting average. That sucks. Yeah. I mean, the thing to me is like two, I, I don't two MVPs, two MVPs with those kind of career numbers. You should be in, especially with the silver sluggers, all stars, gold gloves. Also, uh, Dale Murphy, fun fact, led the national league in games at bats, runs, hits, extra base hits, RBI runs, created total bases mm. and plate appearances in the 1980s. Pretty good. So if you want to talk about peak, that kind of like peak little area where they always talk about, like, you need to have an elite peak. He did. Uh, he fell off after ADA with the knee injury, but still uh, two MVPs. There's no way he shouldn't be in the, uh, yeah, the hall of fame. I agree. And, and last thing about Kirby Puckett, I think he has moments. Yeah. World series moments. True. And I think, I think having a moment that everybody has in their head, I think that matters when it comes time to vote somebody in. All right. We ready for round two. Yep. Round two, we're doing catchers. Okay. All right. Yep. So player a 306 career average, 1306 RBIs player B 297 average. 1185 RBI comparable. Yeah. Player a one MVP, three batting titles, player B one MVP, one batting title. So Ben, who you got? Hey, these players are, are, these are the same player. I mean, these Very close. all, all over the board, like really all the way around. Also the catcher position, which catcher you know. position, three batting titles for one of them, three batting titles from a catcher. Um, the war is very close. War is very close. Player B actually higher. Um, yeah. Player B higher war, but nine all-star games. Yeah. Has more all-star games. I'm oh, and player B has way more homers. I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take player B here. Virtually the same. I, the batting averages are within ten points, but the fact that one's over three hundred and one's under three hundred, I think, matters. That makes it a a bit more whatever. I don't so even know. So final answer got ten seconds. I'm gonna here. say B. So you're taking player B. I'm gonna All take right. player B. Let's reveal. A lot more homers. Good average. So this one, I knew one was Joe Mauer. So I just didn't know which one it was. About. Joe Maurer, player A, Joe Torre, player B. To me, again, this is the catcher position where in modern era, it's basically Pudge. Like Buster Posey and Joe Maurer, their Hall of Fame voting is going to come up here. But the man won three batting titles. There's not a world we live in that Joe Maurer should not be in the Hall of Fame. And an MVP. It's ridiculous. He had knee, he had the, the knee and leg issues kind of like deterred, like the back of the career, played a lot of first oh, base he in definitely DH. Fell. He had like a but still injuries. MVP, three batting titles from the catcher position. When he, his time to come to get voted in, if he's not voted in, I'm going to be visibly upset. How long has he been done? It's got to uh, be right around five years. We gotta be yeah, he should be coming up. He should be coming up. He, so let me just get this straight. Last game was 2018. Let me get this straight. I think, I think Joe Maurer should be in the hall of fame and you're extremely passionate about this. Just at the idea and the simple thought that just maybe Joe Maurer might not get in because he hasn't even been on the ballot yet. Yes. But like the talk of it is that he didn't play the catcher position long enough. He did go to first base. His career like wasn't long enough. And like, didn't, you know, didn't not have home runs that like, you know, all those things. But like, again, the catcher position, like still he won more gold gloves 
and like it's going to be a, a a controversial thing when it comes up for Yachty and Buster. Yachty didn't have as many offensive numbers, and Buster was very short. Joe Maurer won an MVP. Yeah, he had three sixty five. Three sixty. So Joe Maurer finished finished in the top five twice. First AL catcher to win the batting title twice. Most batting titles by a catcher. He was the first catcher to lead uh, lead the league in average on base and slugging. And that was in 2009. Then after that, he had the, the leg issues. My thoughts are pretty simple. The catcher position is not about offense. If you can get offense from a catcher position, that makes you elite automatically. If you're winning batting titles and an MVP from a catcher position while also being the the captain of the field, if you will, the field general where everything happens through you and you're calling the game and you're framing pitches and you're doing all of this while also winning an MVP and batting titles. You're a hall of famer. Yeah, should. And then seven of the 12 catchers with MVPs are in the hall of fame. Buster Posey and Maurer are two that aren't eligible yet. So one thing with are his stats up, can we put the stats up? He wasn't a big power guy. No. You got 143 career homers, which is not a lot of home runs. It's not. It's not a lot of homers. High average, high on base. High average, high on base. Not a lot of homers. Uh, Career OPS of 827, which is higher than Joe Torre. More RBI. (sighs) More RBI with less hits. His MVP season, he did hit 28 homers. he's He's a tough one. He's a tough one. For I me. get three batting titles. No, no, no. I, his Pete, I, yeah, I, I get it, but that gets into the conversation of this is a totally different guy, but Tim Lincecum, is he a hall of famer? Hi, one of the best peaks two, of all time. Two, Cy Young's. two or one Cy Young's multiple two. two. Yeah. I mean, he also like won like, I think 114 games. This is just my point. His playing career wasn't very long. Do we know how long? Do we know how many years he played? Joe, off the top of your head, Joe yeah, Maurer. Joe. He played fifteen, but uh, that counts. His first year, he only played thirty-five games, and then uh, that two thousand eleven year, he played eighty games. So, so like, four, he, he's 13, about like 14. 13, 13 seasons. That's a that's that's a long time. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. Okay, I I'm I, glad we agree. He's a Hall of Famer. Good. I got there. I, I <laughs> yeah. got there. All right. So last iteration, going back to the outfield. Okay. Outfield. All right. You ready? Put my outfield cap on. <laughs> Player A, 298 batting average. Good. 2,452 hits, 58 stolen bases. Player B, 277 average, 2,452 hits, 195 bags. Okay. And then on the flip side, the only difference here that stands out, player A has an MVP, player B does not. But I will How? also point yeah, out that player important. B... Nine gold gloves, player A, zero. Nine gold gloves for player B. Yeah. Nine. Again, war, very close. Player B has the higher war. All right. Uh, Also an interesting fact here. They both have the exact same number of career hits. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of why I picked it. I was like, I don't think there's going to be very many of these. Uh, But player A has an MVP. Can we show the the stats again, please? Something about there the stats are. too. Two ninety eight career average. Home for, runs very close. Home runs close. RBI is very close. Player A more homers, about twenty points higher batting average, more RBIs, far less stolen bases. Player B with nine gold gloves. Is player B Andrew Jones? No, that's the second time you've. <laughs> 
you've guessed Andrew Jones. It is not Andrew Jones. He's going to show up one of these. But days. player B does have 140 more stolen bases. It's a lot of bags. I'm going to take player A here. 20 points higher batting average, same amount of hits, more homers, more RBIs, and an MVP? Yeah. That's the, that's the big setter. A. All right. Let's reveal player A. Jim Rice, player B, Tory Hunter. Shout out Tory Hunter. I don't like that I picked against Tory Hunter. I get it. I a mean, great career, by the way. Great career. So I guess my question to you is, is Tory Hunter a Hall of Famer in yeah. your eyes? We just had this conversation recently. I don't know whether it was the last time or the first time we did this, but when you have the conversation about name me the top five defensive outfielders of all time, Tory shows up in that conversation. And I think there's something to be said for that, which is why his war is so high. Yes. At the same time, you also said that like that player should be considered one of the best at that position. Tory Hunter only finished in the top 10 of MVP once. Mm. Is that a problem? Yes. Like that's the thing is, does his defensive accolades kind of make up for him not being a top offensive producer? Uh, but the nine gold gloves is tough. He didn't, he finished inside the top 10 one time, one time. I don't like doing this, but then I don't, I don't think he can be all. I think he's in the hall of very, very, very good. I'm disappointed that I got to this conclusion, but I do not, I do not believe you can be a hall of famer. If you're not, if you're not in that MVP conversation multiple times in your career. Yeah. Jim rice top five, six times. So, but this is where it gets tricky with when it comes to MVP defense, ain't a factor, no matter what people want to say. Like if you're the best of all time, it might help you a smidge in a season, but they look at the offensive numbers. hundred percent. Jim Rice has also zero goal gloves. Jim Rice, not fantastic. He defender, but he raked career 300 average. I'm rounding up. You're welcome. Jim Rice. Uh, same amount of hits as Torrey, but not a ton of I mean, 382 homers. A lot of RBIs. Look, I I took player A, who's the Hall of Famer. Yeah, I, I think you swayed me with that he was only in the top 10 of MVP voting one time in his career. Do you know where he finished that year? Uh, that year. I'm assuming you said top 10 because it wasn't in the top five. That is accurate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was 2002. He finished sixth. That year was Tejada's MVP. I mean, it. Mm, mm, everyone, everyone that finished above him hit over 300. Did we ever figure out how old Miguel Tejada is? Now? Yeah, do we know? Probably just 68. But what does he say he is? <laughs> That's exactly my point. <laughs> but Alex Rodriguez hit 300 and hit 57 home runs and 142 RBIs and finished second. <laughs> Taylor. Miguel Tejada is listed at 49 years old right now. now. No chance. <laughs> no chance. The guy's 68 years old. There's no chance. Uh, yeah. All right. I, yeah. I'm on that. I'm on that. Uh, I'm on the side. I chose player a, I will still ride with player a and Tori Hunter Hall of very, very, very good. And I love you, Tori Hunter. I, I, I'm, I wish, I wish I didn't get to no, this. no chance. He ends up year 10 getting voted in. I think there's a chance because he's a big name, big name. Moments in Major League Baseball history that people will remember forever. All-star game, robbing yep. Barry Bonds home run, going on the shoulder. Uh, one of the best defensive of all, of all time. I think all of those things matter. I think there's a chance. I think he gets close. 
I hope he gets in. Uh, I just, I think as you've heard me say, and as you recalled, <laughs> I think you need to be during a period of time, the best at the best at what you do amongst everybody in the league. And he wasn't. Yeah. So that's all I got. Glad we agree. Is that all three? We're that's done? it. That's all we got. All right, Taylor. Thank you. That was good. That was a good. Would you rather? All right, it is now fan questions time, and Alex is back to lead me through these, us through these. Some of these are for everybody involved, so. Yeah, and we're calling it fan questions now because Twitter's now X, and we're finally adding in like thread it. questions. So let's get started. I don't like it. Well, I like adding in thread questions. Yeah. I don't, I, it will forever oh, you're be not, Twitter. Yeah, see, mine's still Twitter on my phone. Yours is to X. It's a matter of time. You yeah. don't even have to, it just it. does it. Nope. It forces nope. it on you. I still got the OG. I still yeah, got the OG. Luck. We'll talk All right, next well, time. let's get started with our first fan question, and this is actually a threads question. Who has the best Bat flip. This is a good question. It is. It comes from Threads. Carnage is his name. His name's Clint. Thread. Well, yeah. Carnage is a great. Is- Best bat flip. I'm going to say this is probably a lot of recency bias. It's definitely recency bias. But J.D. Davis walk-off mm. home run the other day. Mm. He turned around, flipped the bat, and there was the most perfect picture of it. Like, it was, it was, it was great. So... You know, at the beginning of the year, you asked me best bat flip. My mind wouldn't immediately go to J.D. Davis. Yeah. But my answer is J.D. Davis. It was great. My favorite this year so far was Shohei Otani when he was having the month of his career. Best month we've seen in baseball. And the photos of it was just insane. Just watching it go in the distance with the fire going in the background at the Big A. That was chef's kiss. That was my favorite bat flip. That was a good one. Of the year. All right, let's move on to our next fan question. This one comes from Anthony. (laughs) Is it ever appropriate for men to wear shorts? And if so, what kind of shorts are allowed? I say yes, but I grew up at the beach. Shorts are allowed, but I feel like (sighs) you got to be manicured, you know? Like, you got to kind of keep it like, I don't know how to explain this the right way. Like shorts are definitely allowed. Board shorts are allowed. Cool yeah, what, what the hell? Allowed. What the hell's going on? What do you mean? Are shorts allowed? Shorts yeah, are allowed. That's what I said. I said, but some. No, I don't. Like, of course, shorts are allowed for men to wear. Men, yeah. yeah, yeah, right. I say yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess you could get down to like what kind of shorts look good and all that stuff. Yeah, of course they're allowed. Shorts are great. Do people not wear shorts? I don't know. That's what am I? I'm thrown off by this question. I don't know. Do people feel like guys can't wear shorts? I wear shorts. That's first I'm hearing of it. I say yes. I absolutely say yes. Okay. But you know, then we're in agreement. Maybe we should research if guys should wear shorts or not. Spend (laughs) a lot of time on the golf course. Things might get hot out there with pants on. Yeah, and there's golf shorts, like right. But some golf courses you have to wear pants. Don't. We're getting this in our head. We're in our head. Let's guys wear shorts. Let's move on to our next fan question, okay? We say yes to that one. This one comes from E. Did the 2022 Mets overachieve? This is an interesting question. The 2022 Mets won over 100 games. Mm -hmm. So, did that team overachieve or did this current team massively underachieve? Option B. You think it's option B? I think it's option B. I think... 
I think the real answer is is somewhere closer to the middle. And I know that's a boring answer. I this I this season as it stands and it's getting harder and harder and harder to even possibly make the playoffs because the most they're selling. Disappointing season of all time. This is the most disappointing season of all time. Yeah. So the, it's obvious a massive underachieve here. But I mean last year it's it was a very similar roster. I mean I I don't know. I would say they overachieved a little bit last year. Mm. And this year, they under, under. I mean, did they, though? Because they blew it right at the end of the season. So that's not really overachieving. And they won, well, they won over 100 games, though. Yeah, and then they blew it right at the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah, so that's not overachieving. They're just madly underachieving this season. You heard it here. Yep. All right. We got one more fan question. All right. You ready for this one? Yeah. Ben, you know the question. Loyal to the soil, Houston Astros. I think the entire world was asking you, Alex, this weekend, what is your brother doing? Where is he going? I couldn't get on social media without, like, I could, I could, and did, tweeted a photo of an egg, and over half a million people saw it, and a thousand responses are, hey, Where's your brother going? Uh What's the deal with Justin? My entire social media has just been overtaken with this exact question of what is happening with (laughs) Justin. Here's the tweet. Here's me holding the egg in the air. It was a great tweet, honestly. Great tweet. But yeah, it it just led to hundreds and hundreds, not just that tweet. Ever since there was the report that came out that the Astros are really looking in heavy to getting Mm -hmm. Justin and he's been pitching fantastic for months now. So because he's back. So and and everybody because he's back. Because he's back. And everybody is now looking to me yeah. to give a little bit of insight on what is going. Oh well, yeah, you'd be the one person to have insider info. Well, yeah. So you're not actually asking him, are you? No. There you go. Yeah, you know, there's so there much. You go. But we've had we had a lot of questions, right? Like there were a million of these questions, and I think we have a collage of all of yeah. them. Look at this. I mean, where's he going? Look at this. What's if you're happening? watching, you can see all of these. There, I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. What's gonna happen with your brother? I even asked you when I saw one of the rumors. I slid it to your DMs. It's like, well, so yeah, is it happening? Look, even if even if I knew something, I can, What am I? I'm not gonna. You gotta yeah. tell me. Would I? I could tell you the biggest news in the world and you just send back a gif of a hamburger (laughs) shooting ketchup and mustard. (laughs) Only when your brother's pitching. (laughs) Only when he's pitching. Yeah. And it's been good. It's been good luck. Well, you've been doing it the majority of the year. And the first time you sent it, he had given up like three runs in the first inning. Just had to warm up. He had to warm up to the game. He had to warm up to the situation. (laughs) Now I send it a little later in the game. Um, I mean, back to answering this question. I... about Justin. Yeah. Look, (laughs) this is a great question. And of course, everybody wants it to happen in Houston, Mm -hmm. obviously. Uh, It's just, uh, it's something that I am not pestering him about because God knows everybody is right now. And also something where he probably doesn't know. Yeah. You know, he said Mm -hmm. it, what, a few days ago after his first, after his last start, the start before last, that, well, nobody's approached me about it. Yeah. And I think with these trades, and I was thinking a lot about this because 
was talking to my parents about it and talking about the Max thing because Max also had a full no trade clause. Mm-hmm. And he comes, well, why wouldn't the team like they ended up having to go to Max to ask if he would waive his no trade clause? Like, why not just go to him first? I think it's a big negotiating thing mm-hmm. from both sides, but mainly from the team okay. of putting the player in a position where hey, we have this great deal in place and the entire world knows about it and it would be really great for our organization and that fan base really wants you, can you waive your no trade clause? And then if you say no, you're seen as the bad guy. Though you don't want to move your family with Max who has like 18 children across the world to Texas and don't want to take them out of school they're comfortable with. Like people don't think of those things, but they get the deal fully in place and then go to Max Mm -hmm. and say, hey, can you waive your no trade clause? And he ended up saying yes and moving on. But just something I think teams do where they might not even tell you, even yeah. if you have a no-trade clause, yep. that everything you're ready. being traded. They'll get it all ready okay. and then come to you once it's public. And uh, yeah, so there's a chance Justin might not even. We'll, uh, we'll find out later this afternoon. We will find out. Uh, our live show starts at 5.45 Eastern. Trade deadline special episode where a lot of A lot of stuff will be going on currently with current trades happening, but we'll also be talking about big winners of the deadline, big losers of the deadline. We're going to talk about it all. So make sure you're back and tuned in live for that one. It will also drop right after it's done. So Tuesday night, and it'll be out Wednesday, so you can listen to it then. But we have quite the next... It's going to be fun. The next 12, 24 hours in baseball is going to be a blast. So thank you all for listening to this first Tuesday episode. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify. We're also on all social media, which is getting to so many that I'm not even going to name them all anymore. We're just on all social media. It's all happening on the socials. Including YouTube, (laughs) at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. Thank you all for listening to this Tuesday episode. It is trade deadline day, my friends. Let's go. We will see you all later today.